welcome to, I think, episode 15. Missed Sunday because I was working on some stuff. Completely uh, overlooked, or I guess, for I not really forgot. I just, I didn't want to have an episode because I would talk about it. But now it's kind of at the point where I'm going to have a TED Talk. Uh, pretty much. Not really, but kind of. And this, uh, I mean, figuratively, of course, of course, I'm not going to go on whatever the whatever thing is and actually speak, but it's a figurative thing for the fact that I'm about to go on a rant. Um, and today's rant is about art. Okay. A lot of art just complete, especially when we're talking about portraits, when the focus is a person, a lot of people will forego the idea that a background is important. They will say, we just want to have the person. Just have the person, forget the background, make it a you know a blank color, blah, blah, blah. But you're forgetting the first step in good composition. Right? And this matters in photography, this matters in videography, this matters in a number of different things. And... The first step is that everything matters, everything counts, right? Especially the background. If you have a picture and then you cut out the background, make it transparent, that is a factor in the art. It's not that you're cutting it out. Cutting it out is a factor, right? And if you want the background to be teal, that is a factor in the composition of the art because you could have one of the exact same focus and the exact same target that has a blue background versus an orange background, and you're going to have a totally different vibe, right? It's the same way as, like, tone of voice, right? When you speak in a rude tone or a mean tone, you're going to send a different message than if you were going to uh, talk in a happy tone and a happy voice, right? So your background of your your art piece sends that same tone, right? It's not just the body structure and the body uh, language that you your character presents and such it is also the composition of the background and the components of the piece right it's very complicated and understanding design this is one of your first first things you need to understand is that you know composition is key right if your website or your snippet of you know art your Anything you can design, your merchandise isn't uh, composed well and it isn't organized well, you're not going to get anything anywhere time soon because you have to have good composition. It has to attract attention, right? Humans are very simple creatures. Bright colors and flashing videos and lights and, you know, big bold text and bright, like I said, bright colors, they will attract eyeballs so if you can find a way to use that to push people's attention towards something you found the key right? so in in this this is different with everybody right if you're going to work on let's just say nfts or you know a podcast cover you need to have good composition now for adhd chronicles the design wasn't the the main focus here it's really just me blabbering on about random stuff so i didn't compose a very good uh, album uh, or podcast cover because it's not meant to be a serious thing. The show happens when it happens, and I speak about what I speak about, right? That is that is the show, right? And that is the content 
it doesn't need attention. It's not meant to be big. It's not meant to, you know, and it's meant to feel like a conversation between me and you. Um, today, you know, it's really just me blabbering on about design. Nobody really cares to hear it, but you know what? I'm talking about it, and maybe you're listening, maybe you're not. Whatever. But when the point of the show is not the the design and it's not everything else with it and in that in that way i composed the show to be you know it's not meant to draw attention it's not meant to be big and i don't you know don't post about it the only thing is is this is a uh, i guess just recorded historic archive more so for future reference you know and Obviously, there are a couple things you can learn, but I guess I guess this one is like kind of the first in that mini series I wanted to do on just different skills you can build, right? And I guess if we want to talk about design and art, you have to think about perspective first. You have to think about perspective of the the viewer who is looking at the piece. How do you want it to be perceived? And then you have to compose it, right? Composition in your design. And composition is also going to entail the perspective of the viewer and the perspective from the uh, painting and of the painting. It's everything matters, right? One point perspective, two point perspective. You're just going to do a portrait where it doesn't really have a point of person or a point of. uh, I can't remember what the word was, but you know, a one point of perspective. Yeah, it doesn't really have a point of perspective. And then, you know, if you're going to add dimensions, it will. It will have perspective, right? Somehow. Because, you know, you have to shade things. And if you have to shade things, there's shapes in it. And then what does that mean? Well, that means there's depth. And that means that somewhere so far off, there is a line where things intercede. And that means that in your work there is indeed a point of perspective so because people are not just you know when you want to draw a person you don't just draw a person you have to start out with a shape and then you have to form it and it's like clay right similar kind of so when you want to create a character you have to think what are their what is their shape and i guess i guess this in design you're thinking okay what do, what kind of thing do I want to make? Do I want to make an animal? Do I want to make a person? Do I want to make a blob of color? All things you have to consider. And you can't skip over one over the other. You have to do all of them. And then you have to think about attributes and factors in the art and just a number of different things that have to be factored when you want to create something. And you, again, you cannot skip over one without messing up everything else. So being good at art isn't just mastering one skill. It's mastering all of the skills. And there is no perfect artist, right? And every artist is going to have their own design, and they're all going to have their own style, and they're all going to compose things differently. It's what makes people people is that they have unique styles to them. So... When you start becoming an artist, the style that you develop is going to be a composition in and of itself. 
right? No artist is unique since back in caveman days, right? When we were drawing on the walls. No artist has been, you know, just perfect. And no artist has been a unique style, right? And the reason is unique style is developed off of other people's styles and every style that has ever been perceived has been a alteration of other styles because as humans we cannot fathom a unique style so how did it all start well it all started you know cavemen drawings there wasn't even perspective and then you know you just start factoring other things in when you get your own when you start to develop your own perspective or not perspective your own style you start adding in factors that you have developed over years and years of experience. So it takes time, but you end up with a very unique looking product that nobody else can really uh, tarnish, in, really. So you have to keep in mind that every other artist in the world, every single one, they all build their style off of the artists that they research and that they study. If you want to have, you know, a combination of a couple of different artists, you study their work. You look at their their style. You look at their line work. You look at their paintings. You look at their design and their composition, and you look at how they use three dimensions, and you use, uh, or you learn how to use their shape style and all of their their process every every artist has a process unique from the other you can't copy it because then you aren't an artist right you're just copying what they do well if you come up with your own thing you're going to end up with a very unique product in the end another thing is that a lot of people think digital art isn't art and physical art isn't is the only type of art and all this stuff you have to imagine Go go do that digital art. Go do it. Go do it. It's easier. There's resources. You don't have to buy paint. You know. You don't have to. You know. Wash your brush twelve hundred times. But it's still you have to design. You still have to compile the components uh, and the elements to make something beautiful. You still have to do that. All right. You can come up with something that is just almost replica for an oil painting and you know get it printed out and it look just as good on the wall but you still have to develop the skills to do it right it's the same with ai if digital art wasn't art then if if it uh wasn't art then ai art wouldn't be art and ai art it's very 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 difficult to come up with ai art that is composed well actually composed at all it's all random you know it's just trying and it doesn't understand composure and composition like humans can right because it, it's just a program it says okay this element should be here and then this one should be here but it doesn't transition it doesn't you know actually fold things together it just throws things on a page it doesn't understand composition and it doesn't understand design right so even if and because that's what humans can perceive we can perceive patterns we can perceive backgrounds this ai cannot perceive patterns perspective point like all these different artistic 
element. AI art will never 100% replace human art because of the fact that AI art can never understand some of these more complicated, uh, really just the complicated elements of art, right? AI will never 100% understand it because it's human, it's, it's human nature that makes art art, right? It's not the fact that, oh, well, this, this was just beautiful painting. It's the human touches that we have to these paintings and the styles that us as humans develop and put into the paintings and the art, right? So there's my little TED Talk on design. But I'm really I'm kind of thinking about now we've been uh we've been cleaning out the shop and getting getting it kind of cleaned up and man it's it's a mess an absolute mess I haven't really been you know doing some shenanigans recently I've just been you know working at it and I've been working on or mob and all these different things I can't 100% announce anything yet other than the fact that it is or mob and I'm working on it pretty much. But that's that's pretty much what I can announce. I was like, oh yes, I am working on something, and I can tell you the name. But that's that's about it because uh, right now I'm coding everything by hand. I'm not using any sort of website builder, and I'm not using any you know Fiverr editor. Everything is by hand. Everything is by me. This is all pain. And when you are, I consider myself a designer because I I you know. I design a lot of things, and I have, and I do, and I will continue to. But when you do that and then you have to program your designs, you understand that you're going to have to sacrifice a lot in order to save yourself a lot of time in terms of the time you spend uh, programming. It's a pain, man. It's a pain. But I've also gotten to the point where I, you know, don't sleep that often. And when I do, I really just take naps. I've been taking, I've been sleeping about three hours every night. And every two to three nights, I will just skip a night. So, I mean, peak performance, man. <laughs> um, absolutely tired every day. And every moment of every day, I've gotten to the point where I just don't even want to do it but do it anyway it's but it is exciting the fact that we're adding more stuff and we're coming up with products and you know or mob isn't just a project it's a business that will function uh and support web3 by the use of actual you know useful tools it's not just you know a bag of rags worth of art and you know a Tesla giveaway to one of the 10,000 entries. Like, oh, that's stupid. Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and assume that is all for episode 15 of the AHC Chronicles. Again, just went on a rant about design. So, there's that. So, hopefully you enjoyed my little chat. I know I kind of cut out all the intros and the, the uh, outros, but whatever it really the whole thing is is when i make an episode it's when i feel like talking about something it's not and I, then i go in and i put it in there for to be posted then it gets scheduled 
boom. It, there's nothing else to this. This is just boom, 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 and then it's done. So when I feel like talking about something and I have an idea in my head, I come in, talk. There's like I don't edit this. The whole point of this isn't to make some beautiful, you know, thirty-minute show that has five minutes of content. No, it's just maybe 20 to 30 minutes of content where I literally just talk about whatever. You know what? This isn't the end of the episode. Screw it. I've got another thing to talk about. The government cheese vault. There's 1.4 billion pounds of government cheese underground in Springfield, Missouri right now that we don't use. President Jimmy Carter established it and Ronald Reagan used it for a little bit but it is all American cheese 1.4 billion pounds of American cheese you know it's wild Americans eat 5.32 billion pounds of cheese a year meaning that this 1.4 billion pound vault wouldn't support America for a year it would support us for like 2 or 3 months that's wild to me and then it's wild to me that we don't store any other food that that is the food. We have a small potato vault in Colorado, but um, we seriously only store cheese, and not even enough cheese for a year. Just a couple weeks, months, you know. So uh, my question is: We went off of the gold standard, and we started collecting cheese. But not even a lot of cheese, just a little bit of cheese. It's a, man, the government's interesting. That that is an interesting thing. Just government cheese. Even like, and this this was this also is like any excess cheese throughout the years gets put into the vault. It doesn't get thrown away. The government subsidizes it. Right? That's why Taco Bell and all this stuff. Their quesadillas, just a plain quesadilla, is very very cheap. Is because they get paid from the government to sell it, right? They get paid to add more cheese to their stuff. Burger King gets paid to add more cheese to their stuff, so that they the vault doesn't have to take in more cheese, which is weird. Because why not just uh, uh, tell the markets to not make as much cheese? We're literally just telling these companies to add more cheese to everything, which is weird. Just cheese. It's only cheese. Nothing else. It's it's so odd. No other dairy product, no other farm product in America is treated like cheese is. It's not gold. It's, it's wild. I, I don't understand it. It's crazy. But that will mark the end of episode number 15 of the ADHD Chronicles. I hope you enjoyed my little ramble.